0: Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Amy and I'm one of the pastors here. And today we are continuing our fall sermon series that we're calling The Way of the Cross, where we are finishing out the book of Matthew that we've been reading from since last Advent. And in these final chapters, we follow Jesus and we hear his teachings as he is on his way to Jerusalem, as he is facing his own death, as he is aware of the cross set before him. And as we do, and as we hear from Jesus each week, we are gonna be paying attention to the ways that the way of Jesus, this way of the cross, this self-giving way, is so different from the ways of our world. We're gonna be highlighting those differences. And there might not be any scripture that we read this fall where those differences are in starker contrast than today's, which is all about forgiveness. Peter comes to Jesus and he says, how many times do I need to forgive my brother? Seven times, It's a pretty generous offer. And Jesus says, I don't say to you seven times, but 77 times. Now the number that gets translated here as 77, it's not an actual number, it's a figure of speech. That's why some translations will say 70 times seven times or 77 fold which is closer to the idea. The idea is just a really big number. It's simply a way of saying to Peter, a lot, a lot more than you were thinking, a lot more forgiving than you could imagine. So kids, while I'm preaching, if you would like to help us imagine what 77, or depending on where you are math-wise, what 70 times seven looks like, I would invite you to draw or maybe you want to actually work with numbers, I'm not sure, but to do something that helps us grasp the bigness of this number because that's what Jesus is trying to say. This is a lot of forgiveness. He's getting at the idea of unlimitedness, unlimited forgiveness. And he's going to take it even farther in the parable that we'll focus on in a minute. But I do just want to spend a moment looking at that 77 number because it's actually a clear reference to another 77-fold number in Scripture. There's a story in Genesis chapter 4 about two brothers named Cain and Abel. Cain becomes ashamed and jealous of his brother, and in reaction, he kills him. It's the first murder in the Bible. And God comes to Cain, and he punishes him for it. He says, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out from the ground. He tells Cain that he is going to have to be sent far away, wandering in the wilderness, far from his home, far from his family, which in that time, being isolated like that is practically a death sentence. People needed each other. And he tells Cain that from now on his work is going to be so difficult, he's just barely going to scrape out a hard living. He says, the earth is crying out for your brother's blood and it is not going to yield life readily to these hands of a murderer. And so Cain, understandably, is devastated. He begs God for mercy and God shows him mercy. He puts this special mark on Cain that says, if anyone lays a hand on this guy, they're gonna have to go through me. They're going to have to deal with my vengeance sevenfold. And then this story goes on, a few more generations pass, and we come to Cain's great-great-great-grandson Lamech. And Lamech murders someone too. And Lamech says, if Cain's vengeance is sevenfold, then my vengeance ought to be 77-fold. There's that number again, that 77, that just very large number. It's a figure of speech for unlimited vengeance. Within a few generations of humanity, we see how this first murder has unleashed this endless escalation of violence and retaliation and revenge and fear and shame and self-protectedness all across the earth, and it's devastating especially when you consider that this is in genesis 4 just a few chapters earlier we heard about people walking through the garden with god in the cool of the day being vulnerable and unashamed and unafraid well this 77 vengeance story would have been ringing in peter's ears when jesus tells him to forgive 70 times 7 or 77 fold Peter would have grasped that this is about his own personal call to forgive, and it is. But it's not only about that. It's not just about personal and individual forgiveness. It's also about Jesus using his followers to undo this cycle of vengeance and violence and retaliation that has been unleashed in the world pushing back on it with Jesus's unlimited forgiveness and so all of our work of forgiving is taking part in this forgiveness that Jesus is doing to set the world right to stop this endless vengeance and that's why it is so powerful and then Jesus drives all of this home with a parable he says the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants Now, right away notice, this is a parable about the kingdom. Peter came to Jesus with a question about his own forgiveness, and Jesus starts telling him what the kingdom of heaven is like. He answers him with kingdom news, and that's because forgiveness is a sign of the kingdom. Forgiveness is this unmistakable mark that King Jesus is real, that he is here, that he is reigning, and that our allegiance is to him and no other. So in this kingdom parable, the servant owes his king 10,000 talents. This is a massive debt. So back then, a day's wages was about one denarius, and a talent of silver was about 6,000 denarii. So this servant owes 10,000 talents. That's 60 million denarii, thousands and thousands of lifetimes worth of wages. It was more than the national debt or the national income of that time. And in fact, 10,000 is the highest number that there is Greek language for. This is as far as the mind can count. And the point is not the actual dollar figure, but it's that this too is a sum of money beyond human comprehension. And so of course this servant can't possibly pay it, so he begs the king for patience, and the king has mercy, and the king forgives his debt. But then that servant, who's been forgiven, is approached by another servant who owes him 100 denarii, about three months' wages. It's not nothing, but it's one 600,000th of the debt that was just forgiven. And when that other servant Asks the forgiven one for patience. He doesn't receive any mercy. He is choked. He's thrown in jail. We see violence and vengeance and retaliation. And in the end, the king hears about this injustice, and he throws that first servant in jail too. So what do we see in this parable about the kingdom of God? We see that the kingdom of God is ruled by a king who is merciful. Merciful who sees our need, who knows we are but dust, and who responds with mercy. And we see that this king has forgiven a debt that is beyond our comprehension. But we also see that this king is just. That in the end, he doesn't finally let that cruelty and injustice and just unfairness go undealt with forever. There is justice in his kingdom. And it'd be easy for Peter and whoever else is listening to Jesus at this point to be really mad about this servant, to be like, can you believe this guy? He is the worst. But Jesus won't let them because the last line of the parable is basically Jesus saying, this parable is about you. You have been forgiven that much. You have access to this unlimited mercy and grace and love and forgiveness by your father. And in light of that, if you withhold small forgiveness, that's no less egregious. So between his 77 to Peter and the 10,000 talents of this parable, Jesus just couldn't be saying more clearly and more strongly that we are to forgive, period. As many times as we are wronged, no matter how big and how repeated the offense we must forgive we have to be a community of forgiving people we have to be willing to become forgiving people if we're going to show something that's true about jesus and his kingdom and it's so important that we get this i can't think of anything really that is more countercultural than this But forgiving like this, in this unlimited way, it requires a deep trust in Jesus. We have to really trust and embrace Jesus' unlimited forgiveness of us. Dr. Martin Luther King said, The cross, the cross of Jesus, is the eternal expression of the length to which God will go in order to restore broken community through forgiveness. We have to trust the cross. And to forgive in this way, we have to trust that God is just, that he is a just king, that he is establishing a just kingdom. We can't possibly release the people who have harmed us from our claims on their vengeance and their justice unless we can hand them over to someone who we know will deal justly with them. Maybe not now, but someday. We have to trust in the justice of God, we have to believe he is setting all things right. And when we look and remember some of the most powerful public Christian acts of forgiveness from the civil rights movement to the post-apartheid reconciliation in South Africa, to stories of people who forgive school shooters and church shooters and persecutors and torturers, we see this deep, trust operating at their core for the last two or three weeks i've been steeping myself in these readings these theologies and it is all there that for them this kind of forgiveness is never about just stirring up affectionate feelings for someone who has hurt them it's never about just kind of pretending things maybe weren't that bad after all and moving on But it's about drinking deeply of God's love and forgiveness for them, remembering whose they are. And then it's about demonstrating and affirming and trusting and advancing the borders of his just and merciful kingdom. But personally and practically speaking, that is really hard. And none of us have had the kind of practice that these oppressed peoples have had in forgiving 77 times and so much more. But lately I have had a little bit of practice with this and I want to close by sharing about that. So some years ago there was someone who said some things about me that weren't true, they were deeply hurtful, And it caught me off guard because I thought I knew this person. I thought that they knew me. I thought we had a lot of mutual trust and respect and Christian love between us. So it was really disorienting. It was really painful. I couldn't really process it. And since then, I haven't had a lot of contact with that person. And at the time, I had worked really hard to forgive in my own heart, and I think I did. But lately, over the past few months, maybe a little longer, I just kind of keep bumping into this person in unexpected places. Our lives seem to have just overlapped more than they had been. And this has stirred up these really powerful feelings in me that I didn't realize were lurking there. Feelings of bitterness and resentment and anger and self-pity. They just rise up at surprising times and the intensity of them really catches me off guard. And I've had to face the reality that maybe I didn't forgive this person quite as fully as I thought I did. Maybe I had actually just kind of set those feelings aside and moved on. Or to use the language of today's gospel reading, maybe I had forgiven once or twice or multiple times Maybe I forgave all that I could then. But now I see there is more work to be done. There is a deep well of bitterness in me, and it needs healing. I'm still a long way from 77 times. So I actually thought I would show you what that forgiveness journey looks like for me, how that's been sort of showing up in my own soul lately, in case it's helpful for you. So I have put this line of tape on the floor, in case you're wondering why it's there. And we can imagine that this side of the tape is the side of forgiveness, and that this side of the tape is the side of unforgiveness. Or we could call this side my forgiveness of another person. We could call this side my need for God's forgiveness of me. Or a simpler way to think about it is, this side is love, and this side is hate. This side is kindness and compassion. This side is bitterness and resentment. Whatever we want to put, those are the sides of this tape. And I have found that every time I take a little step forward in forgiveness, every time I try to extend forgiveness in prayer, in my actions, I feel a little start I begin to see and remember the image of God in this person who hurt me. I begin to hope for them, to have compassion for them, to have stirrings of love where I want their best, where I see them as a brother, where I see them as co-laborers in the kingdom. But as soon as those things start to do their work in me, it's like I'm yanked back to this side. It feels so unfair. And this resentment just boils up where I feel like, why am I doing all the hard work? I'm the one who was wrong. Why aren't they doing it? And resentment takes over, and I stop wanting to forgive. I start wanting them to hurt the way I was hurt, and I get stuck here. And that's actually where I realize I need to be forgiven. I have things in me that need God's forgiveness. And so I can stand over here and ask for God's mercy and know that I have it in Jesus. I have Jesus' 77 times infinity forgiveness of everything that bubbles up on this side of the line. And so while I'm over here, I can confess what I see in myself, I can ask for Jesus's forgiveness. I can feel the release that comes with that. And then I can do more praying. I can do more processing. I can try to trust and hold on to God's justice. And I can take another little step forward. And as I've been in this back and forth forgiving and unforgiving process, I've actually been seeing this passage really differently over the past few months. I've actually been wondering if maybe this call to forgive 70 times 7 is also God's grace to us. Because I've been wondering if maybe we need to forgive 77 times to even begin to understand the depth of God's forgiveness for us. And maybe we need to practice forgiving 77 times before we get anywhere close to resembling the kind of forgiving people that God has called us to be. Maybe forgiveness is just like walking on this squiggly line, however haltingly and however clumsily we might do it. It's something that we make steps toward. We don't leap to the end. It's this act of trust, it's this act of mercy, It's this act of receiving what we need from God, and we do it over and over again, 77 times or as many times as it takes until Jesus establishes his kingdom. So let's pray. Lord, you call us to be forgivers. You call us to be merciful. And we confess that we need you to make us so. We trust in your justice and we trust in your deep love and forgiveness for us. Help us to forgive, Lord. Amen.